Christmas. Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. For our new listeners, this is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We will also take a look at some of the week's biggest agricultural news stories. New on shelf this week is our 25 September issue, which will be on sale from Friday the 18th of September. This week's main feature articles include a profile on a beef cattle producer who says he is on a quest to breed the perfect Brahman. And we have a guide for grain producers on getting nematodes under control before the start of the next summer planting season. The issue also includes a special focus feature on why it is important that you know the signs of a rinderpest in livestock, even though this is an eradicated disease. Readers interested in the history of South Africa will enjoy the article about South African rock art. Aldrich Spies says he is on a quest to breed the perfect Brahmin. Spies was introduced to the Brahmin cattle breed as a young boy when his grandfather was still farming with them. But it wasn't until much later in his life that Spies had the opportunity to explore his early love for farming. Five years ago, he managed to buy land near Barberton and set out with a photo of his grandfather's prized Brahman bull in hand to stock his farm. He struggled to find cattle initially, saying some farmers wouldn't sell to him, but eventually his search led him to renowned Brahman breeder Llewellyn Labiskachny. Species Labiskachny taught him to look beyond the picture of the Brahman that he wanted and to rather focus on crucial traits when choosing an animal. After five years in the industry, Spisa's business is going from strength to strength. His herd has grown from the initial single bull and 10 cows to 140 cattle, of which 70 are in production. He says that one of the lessons he has learned is you cannot buy a stud. You must breed your own herd of cattle over time with the right genetics. Some 10% of his cows are artificially inseminated, while the rest of the herd are bred to selected herd sires. Their aim, says is to artificially inseminate more cows to do corrective breeding. For the crop farmers, with the 2020-2021 summer grain production season approaching, there's been increases in soil temperatures and, due to the presence of moisture in the soil, Pathogenic organisms such as soil-dwelling nematodes are waking up from their winter sleep. Producers are thus advised to start monitoring these pests as early as possible, according to Professor Drikaferi and Dr. Gerard Duprea from the Unit for Environmental Sciences and Management at the Integrated Pest Management Unit of the Northwest University. It is vital that grain fields are cleaned from the weeds that might infest these lands to prevent infestations by damaging plant parasitic nematodes, such as root knot and lesion nematodes. Furian de Prea says that the use of chemicals should not be the only solution to reduce nematode pest densities in grain fields. Producers should also focus on strategies that are environmentally friendly while effectively combating nematode pests. By knowing what type of nematodes are present and the densities in which the pests occur, producers are able to make informed decisions about the implementation 
of effective management strategies. For this reason, farmers are advised to take regular soil samples. Furi and the Priya suggest that it is best to take soil samples from the area of soil in the vicinity of plant roots, and this must be done during the active growing season of a crop. Another control strategy that they recommend is crop rotation. Rotational cropping with resistant crop cultivars, such as root-knot nematode-resistant soya beans, can reduce target nematode pest densities by more than 80%. Now a look back in history, few animal diseases have caused as much devastation and economic loss as rinderpest. While this disease was successfully eradicated in 2011 from the natural environment, there is still some risk that the disease will re-emerge due to governments and laboratories holding on to rinderpest stock across the world. Organizations such as the World Organization for Animal Health, as well as the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, say that such re-emergence of rinderpest could lead to food insecurity and huge economic losses, specifically across Africa. One of the reasons why rinderpest is so dangerous is because it has a large host range and it is highly fatal to cattle. The typical incubation period for rinderpest is four to five days, but it may range anywhere from three to 15 days. Also, the typical symptoms of rinderpest include fever, depression, erosive lesions of various mucous membranes, discharge from the eyes, nose, and mouth, and profuse diarrhea. The FIO recommends that the most common symptoms are memorized as the four Ds, that is depression, discharge, diarrhea, and death. These symptoms are similar to those of serious animal diseases such as foot and mouth disease and snot sector. Farmers should therefore always alert a veterinarian if their cattle start showing any of these signs. The last article from the 25 September issue that I want to talk about features a sustainable game farming operation near the Kalahari. Willem Frost of Matlava's Game Hunters in Limpopo says they aim to provide local and international hunters with an authentic hunting experience which also promotes the farm's overall sustainability goals. The animals on the farm, which only include species that are endemic to the area, mainly graze on the farm's natural sweet felt, which has a carrying capacity of about 11 hectares per LSU. According to Frost, there is a misconception that international hunters only care about the size of the trophy they hunt. They also want an authentic hunting experience. Intensive breeding for horn length, does says Frost, represents an important segment of the trophy hunting market, but he believes that maintaining the integrity of the genetic diversity in his game herds is more important than to chase horn length as a breeding objective. According to Frost, one of the key challenges for the local game industry is to unlock the value chain and market for venison in South Africa on a large scale. At current price levels, he believes this is not possible, but even so, Frost warns that game farmers should prepare themselves for the likelihood that the industry will come under even more pressure to provide venison at more affordable prices if they want to see a significant increase in demand.
Let's quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. The local flower industry is struggling to get back on, on its feet after being severely affected by trade disruptions due to the COVID-19 lockdown. Since then, demand has been slow to pick up again and air freight costs have also increased drastically. According to industry insiders, while there has been some recovery since lockdown restrictions were eased, the local cut flower primary value chain was currently operating at 30 to 40% below its pre-pandemic productivity. André de Witt, Managing Director of Multiflora in Johannesburg, one of Africa's largest flower auction houses, said both supply of and the demand for South African cut flowers was currently weak. De Witt said many cut flower growers have either stopped growing or have diversified into growing vegetables. They are definitely not operating as profitably as before the lockdown and are under severe pressure, says David. James Kingley, owner of the flower company, cut flower exporting business in Cape Town, told Farmers Weekly that the country's cut flower value chain was in the worst situation and that stakeholders were struggling. He said that while there had been a gradual resum resumption of international air freight operations from South Africa, these were not anywhere near pre-lockdown levels, and the flights were operating with a number of problems. For example, up to now, flights have only departed from Johannesburg and not from Cape Town. A new report published this week by the Worldwide Fund for Nature, the Living Planet Report 2020, has warned that biodiversity losses caused by the world's expanding population and economic output has reached shocking levels. The report said that while more food and energy than ever before was being supplied, the over-exploitation of plants and animals was increasingly eroding nature's ability to provide them in future. The global destruction of ecosystems has led to one million species of animals, plants and insects being threatened with extinction. The report stated that the most important direct driver of biodiversity loss in terrestrial systems in the last several decades has been land use change, primarily the conversion of pristine native habitats into agricultural systems. We cannot, the report said, feed the world without agriculture, yet where and how we produce food is one of the biggest human-caused threats to biodiversity. And this makes the transformation of the global food system more important than ever. One of the solutions suggested in the report to lessen the impact of food production on further biodiversity loss was a reduction in food loss and waste. An estimated one-third of the food produced for human consumption was lost or wasted globally. This amounted to about 1.3 billion tons every year. There has been a number of new record prices achieved this year at livestock auctions. And the latest top price paid has been for a Burgoat ram, which was sold for 375,000 rand. The ram was sold by Lukas Burger Burgoatstad near Griekwastad to Buram Fenter of Kirkwood during an auction which took place at Gebeko Auction Pens in Kimberley on Wednesday, 16 September.
GBK auctioneer Dion Klopper explained that the Ram claimed booster was exceptional because of his superior bloodline, which has already produced several champion Burgoats. The second highest price Ram for the day sold for 320,000 Rand, and of the 44 Rams on offer, an average price of 63,000 Rand per Ram was achieved. Klopper said that usually when they conduct an auction where a similar number of Burgoat Rams are on offer, they are happy if they achieve an average price of around 20,000 rand. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 2 October issue in which you can read about an intensive sheep farming system that achieves a 180% per year weaning rate. The issue will also have articles on the production of export-grade lucerne, the first black female raisin farmer in the Free State. And we take a look at what the wine industry will look like after the pandemic and how wine producers should navigate the next few years to stay profitable. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media for the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming. Thank you.